0: think one of the things I really have loved the most working with small businesses is you can see that your ideas or your strategies or, you know, the campaigns that you're putting and bringing to life make an impact almost instantly with these businesses. Whereas, yeah, with the the bigger agency side, it's really hard that, you know, I definitely felt like a number um, and it was a great experience, but, you know, you didn't kind of feel like you made an impact as an individual.
1: And welcome to Smart Online Marketing, where I chat switched-on entrepreneurs and experts to chat about smart strategies to build your business in a profitable and sustainable way. My name is Katie Griffin, and I am in the digital marketing game. I specialize in Google Ads, and I've worked one-on-one with clients such as Showpos, Law, and Snuggle Honey Kids. And I also have my own course teaching small businesses how to grow profitably using Google Ads. If we haven't met before, I'm a kombucha-loving Real Housewives apologist alongside my love of all things pop culture, and yes, that does include the Kardashians. I'm a mum of two, a self-confessed hippie at heart with a love of all things business. Hello, welcome to this episode. I have the lovely Hayley Clinch, who is from Greville Marketing, and she specializes in social media marketing. And you'll hear during this chat <laughs> and she tries to sell me on the benefits of LinkedIn, because I have been someone that has avoided LinkedIn, like the plague. I just find it's very, you know, sleazy and Full of BS and I don't know, I just am not sold on the benefits of LinkedIn, but she does a great job of, of convincing me and I, I think that I might, I might give it a crack when I return from maternity leave. I loved talking to Hayley. We kind of, this chat goes all over the place, so you're going to hear just a natural organic conversation where we talk about the juggle of parenting and running a business and being agency side and having that career change from being in a big agency to then running your own business. and how that looks and the struggles of working corporate when you have young kids we've got kids around the same age Haley has three kids and I've got two and a half one's nearly nearly ready to be born and it's just it's really challenging to be a working parent and have school-aged kids and we talk about that in this episode Hayley's also a student in my course so you'll hear in the intro where we, we get started to chat that we kind of get sidetracked. This whole chat is just us getting sidetracked on different tangents and I loved it. I loved talking to Hayley about the business, what she does, who she likes helping and that you don't need to do everything at once. Follow what you like doing and put your energy into places that are going to give you the best turn on your time. So let's jump into my chat with Hayley. Okey dokes well thank you Haley for joining me today can you please tell people who you are and what you do and all that sort of jazz
0: Yeah of course um, well first of all I'd actually love to thank you uh, it's um, a huge honor to be chatting to you in in the flesh I always say it's still <laughs> virtually but um uh, I feel like I know a lot about you even though yeah even though we've never actually met that's
1: people. scary what do you know about me? <laughs>
0: Um, well, so I'm actually doing profitable promotions yes. at the moment. Yes, I know. So <laughs> even this morning when I was um, like racing around with the kids' stuff, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, I've listened to Katie for hours on end <laughs> and she's, probably, she's never even heard my voice, but no. I have heard, you know, probably 24 hours of your voice.
1: It's um, such a funny phenomenon because um, I've totally hijacked your intro, but it's no. such a funny, like, thought because I'm the same with people that like I've done courses and you're like you know their voice so well and you know their their rhythm and their cadence and like their quirky what they you know their mannerisms and all that sort of stuff and they have no idea who I am and it's a really like not unsettling, but it's unsettled. It's different to be on the other side of that because you're like when you're operating in your own little bubble, like I'm recording this from my little home office with my slippers on. You know, when you're doing it from your own little bubble, it's so you don't think about other people having the same experience you do when you're listening to people. It's very strange. Yeah. Anyway.
0: And I, I feel cause it's almost that celebrity, not vibe, but No, in, I know what you mean. Yeah. I'm a celebrity. In the- <laughs>
1: Well, you are in the marketing world. Um so funny because I'm like, oh, I was talking to a girlfriend on um, Instagram the other day and she was like, oh, someone, that a mutual friend of mine knew about you. And I was like, how? Like, what? Like, how, no one knows about me. Like, what's the deal? And she's like, no, like people know who you are. I'm like, that's weird. Like that's odd. I just, you, everyone assumes they operate in their own little bubble. And so it is, it's so funny to, um, and I think like, I definitely notice people even on, um, when I do like my course calls and stuff like that with students, there is this level of like, oh, I actually get to talk directly to the person who's (laughs) doing a course. And I'm like, yeah, what did you think? (laughs) You know, it is this very funny, um, Funny, very funny situation. Anyway, I've hijacked that completely. Can you please tell people who you are? Yes, we're just having a, a banter about the course, but um, and what <laughs> you do and um, all that sort of stuff.
0: Yes. Um. So my name is Hayley. I uh, am the founder, brainchild behind Gravelia Marketing, and really, I I hate labeling myself as a digital marketer, but that's really how I see what I do. Um, I do specialize in social media just because that is my background and my history. But I am also really fascinated with email marketing. I'm obviously very fascinated with Google ads as well. And I really like the idea of breaking the status quo of, especially when you say social, people think Facebook and Instagram, which I do know and I have a lot of experience. But I
1: also love doing LinkedIn and Pinterest. Oh my well, Yeah. I didn't know that okay (laughs) because I okay I've got thoughts on LinkedIn but we'll talk about that in a sec you came from corporate though didn't you so you came from pretty like agency style life can you um talk a bit about the differences in agency Did, did you leave agency were you working in agency when you still had young kids or did you kind of transition out beforehand
0: Yeah, so I started agency about seven to eight years ago. It was my dream job and I know you've come from agency land as well. Um so I was working for a media agency and it's one of those industries that you don't realize exist until you enter it. It's like I never knew that there were people who worked full time just buying TV ads. You know yes. like you just don't think about that when you're not in that world. And yes, yeah, so I entered this world I was doing my degree, I was just wrapping my up my degree and it was just like I'd found this place that I knew I always wanted to be in but didn't know existed. Um so I worked across clients like Maya um, predominantly, and Mazda, Victoria University are also some other clients. So, huge different, sorry, not huge, different industries, but obviously really big clients um, who work across a range of different platforms.
1: More traditional platforms? Or was it more traditional like direct buys through TV and print? Was it more that or was they, were they transitioning into digital at that point?
0: So, yeah, it, when I first started, um and it was mainly Maya that I was on was definitely like I was printing, I was booking print ads every day. Mm. But obviously, as the years have gone on, they have definitely, and not sorry, just Maya, but all clients' agency side, you can definitely see they are still have elements of traditional, but moving more towards digi platforms. And again, obviously it depends on their industry and their clients, um their customers. but, yeah, can definitely see that. It's, it's digital first these days. Um, I also worked across a lot of clients who are toy clients. So that's kind of a different realm as well, because they are trying to target the kids, but obviously it's very limited as well in the digital world, targeting kids. Mm. Um, so there's the balance of
1: targeting kids and parents. It's interesting. I think with big companies, that they're, it, they're often at a disadvantage when it comes to digital because they've been doing print and traditional for so long that it, it, I find that they're often slower to the uptake that where smaller, nimble companies are really open to digital first mindset and investing in paid ads and that really direct return on investment kind of being able to tie things at a really granular level back to this is the action we took and this is the res- result that happened. Uh, where i find that that even transitioning to like e-commerce maya struggled a, a lot with that i remember trying to shop online at maya it would have been a couple of years ago and it was very clunky and it was very hard to navigate through their checkout system and things like that because they just do have such a big infrastructure behind them whereas when you do have smaller companies they're like that were that maybe were started in the last 5 to 10 years They were always of that mindset that you've just got to do, you've got to focus more on the digital side and then maybe build in other elements later on. But it is hard to transition.
0: Yeah, it is. And it's definitely, um, you know, again, using Myra as an example, there's obviously a huge team of people. It's Mm -hmm. not just one person making a decision or giving, I mean, ultimately it is, but Um, Yeah, there's lots of people that moving parts, I guess, that it needs to get through. Whereas I think, like you said, smaller, it's either one or two people, they can make a decision on the spot. And I think one of the things I really have loved the most working with small businesses is you can see that your ideas or your strategies or, you know, the campaigns that you're putting and bringing to life make an impact almost instantly with these Mm. businesses, whereas, yeah, with the, the bigger agency side, it's really hard that, you know, I definitely felt like a number... Um, and it was a great experience but you know you didn't kind of feel like you made an impact as an individual which I don't think
1: I've actually really answered your question so um (laughs) no you have I think like I think I think it's important because with with bigger companies when you're working with bigger companies there is a lot of red tape that goes into I was even talking to a copywriter friend of mine and she was saying that she's sort of she's reached a point where she doesn't want to work with companies that are any bigger than or she likes working with businesses that have an owner that's involved or that they've got a small team but not these big she worked with a big media a big media company in Australia and she was like the red tape that I had to go through just to get approvals for different things and everyone had their two cents that they wanted to put in and it's really hard to get things through and then it becomes this watered down bland version of what it what you want it to be and and so she's like I've just decided that that's kind of not the client that I want to work with because it becomes it makes my job harder. So I think that's what a lot of people like about working with the small to medium-sized businesses is that they can, yeah, you can really see, you know, I took this campaign or I took this platform and changed it by X, Y and Z rather than, you know, it had to go through three levels of management approval and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And so at what point did you did you move out of agency life? Because you've got three kids. What are their ages? Uh,
0: so they're all actually about like we're about to hit birthday season. So okay. um, they are five, three and one.
1: Yes. Okay. So we've got similar age because I've got six, three and about fetus yeah. <laughs> and fetus age. Um, <laughs> so I've about the same age and, um, you know, that's so tricky to navigate logistically mm-hmm. with working in a corporate setting. So at what point did you realise that that was not conducive to the family? lifestyle that you kind of wanted to have?
0: Yeah, well, it's really interesting. So I I went back to agency land after I had my first because I just loved it. And I was really at that um, point of my career uh, where it was ready. I was ready to go back to work. And I was just felt like the role that I'd been offered was just, it was too good to refuse. So I went back for a few years. And then when I had my second child, I actually started to question if I wanted to work agency life so I had a bit of time off to just be with the kids, be with mum, not think about work. And then I just couldn't resist going back. I was offered another role that, again, just could not refuse. So part-time or full-time? Part-time mm-hmm. with working from home
1: conditions. So it was really that flexible hours as well. So What just, sort of hours were you expected to, like, Work part-time three days a week, was it? Uh, so it was four days a week. Four which days. I was... I was I had agreed to that.
0: So it was actually a full-time role, but I said I can't come back full-time. I only want to work part-time.
1: So we negotiated four days. And what sort of hours were you expected to be working?
0: Um, so still full days, sort of, unite standard eight, what is it, 7.5 hours. They were completely fine if I needed to, say, leave the office. So their office was in South Melbourne. I live out in the Yarra Valley, so it's a pretty big commute. Mm. Um, they were fine if I had to, say, race home to get the kids and jump back online later in the evening. As long as the job was done, that was kind of fine
1: by them. So semi like pretty flexible for an agency. Like that sounds pretty like good... Like relatively good working conditions, you had the element of flexibility, and still, what made you decide that I, I can't keep doing this? So I was actually on maternity leave with
0: my third child, um, and my
1: eldest was approaching
0: kinder age, and I don't—I really wanted her to go do a sessional kinder session, yeah. She'd been at childcare since she was six months old and it's amazing childcare. Absolutely love them. But I just felt for her development, it was, well, so me and my husband, but we both really just wanted her to, you know, maybe meet some new people. We're both quite introverts. So I always worry about her confidence as well. She's completely fine. But you know, I just liked the idea that, um, especially in preparation for school, that she was in a different environment from where she'd been for the last you know,
1: four and a half, five years. So I don't know if you've had kinder I did hours. sessional. Yeah, <gasps> I did sessional with my, and for those that don't know, sessional means like for, for me, when my daughter was in three-year-old sessional kinder, that's like one session was two hours long and one session was three hours long. And then when she moved up to four-year-old kinder, they were 5.5 hour days, but it's still, it's not, when you're looking at something like long daycare, they might open at 6.30 till six. And it's far more flexible for, to be commuting and that sort of stuff, but sessional, when you enroll in a sessional kinder, it kind of, that goes out the window. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't do it. Yeah.
0: And th- and I figured even if we, um, you know, if we found that kinder just wasn't like for us right then, um, I knew that school was approaching anyway, mm. you know, and nine till three 30 or yeah, nine till three 30 just wasn't going to cut it with, and this was all pre-COVID. So there was still this, you know, even though there was flexibility, it still, I just knew that I couldn't be just finishing at 3, 3, And the team that I worked in were amazing, but I just always felt like I'd be letting them down and, yeah. and asking for excuses. And I was also the only parent within that team. So although they were incredibly empathetic, they still just kind of, yeah, it was just, oh, how am I going to navigate this? And At the same sort of time, I was, you know, like I said, I was on mat leave. So I was at home, loving life, being with the kids. I very much embrace slow living as much as I can with three children. And I actually looked into studying nursing and I was thinking, you know, maybe marketing's not for me. Maybe that kind of section of my life has been and gone. And I just wanted to help people. And I loved the idea of being a nurse. Anyway, long story short, that didn't come about because of just um, there was no courses I could do that fitted then in with scheduling of life. And within me finding out, like discovering this, I actually had a friend and a family member come to me and say, Hayley, can you just help, could you please help me with this social media? I'm not asking for you to do it for free. I want to pay you, but can you please help me? I know that you know. A thing or two about social. So it kind of really just stemmed from there. And it was something that I'd never really, like a friend of mine suggested it years ago. And I was like, no, I don't want to work for myself. I like the security of an employer. I like not having to think that, you know, you obviously go to work, you kind of know what you have to do, but
1: you don't have to think about
0: where paying am I going people
1: to, or yeah. paying yourself or yeah. reconciling what things. Do I? <laughs> <laughs> the business admin.
0: Yes. And so I really just kind of, that yeah, once those people kind of, I kind of thought if these two people are willing to pay me to do something that I really enjoy doing, maybe there are other people out there in the world that would pay me to do what I love. Um, So yeah, it really just kind of grew from there. I did a lot of research with just like my local council, small business workshops, because I just kind of wanted to find out if, because I wanted to still work part-time I didn't want to be tied to my computer and you know if I could actually make an income from it all of the stuff that goes along with running or freelancing and starting your own business so yeah it kind of just again grew from there I feel like there was like a Car crash of things that came up. Like I said, it was the Kinder and these people approaching me. And I just thought, why not? I'll try it and um, see how it goes. I feel like I had nothing to lose at that point. So, and how long um, ago was that that you made that decision? So, that was November 2019. So, I Mm -hmm. actually still went back to work part time, agency side. And uh, I pretty much worked, sort of did projects here and there of an evening while I worked during the day agency side um, or I worked weekends Um, and my goal was just to once I knew that I could earn a steady income I hate saying it was a side hustle but essentially that's what it was Mm. Um, once I knew that that was kind of in a comfortable place um, I then resigned from agency land which was November last year
1: so it took me a full 12 months to get comfortable running my own gigs and that's hard like I I started my business, I think I was eight months into maternity leave and um, with my second baby. And uh, I kind of was like, I'll give it a couple of months to prove that I can make this work. And so I sort of, I was, I did it in a period that I wasn't expecting any income anyway because I was on maternity leave. So I think I had that sort of safety net of, I can go back to, to agency if I need to. And I think that's important, like that, You don't have to risk everything and go out on your own. You can do it in a really slow and steady way and and make it work. And it might be the juggle might be hard at that time, but then you kind of at least you've got that, yeah, safety net of feeling, okay, well, if it doesn't work out, then that's fine. I haven't lost anything and I haven't blown my career up or lost my job or whatever it is. And I do think that there is something that when you do have young kids that are approaching school age, it really does come a point where you're like, I can't see how this is going to work when I have school aged kids. Like, I've spoken to so many women on this podcast that have it reached the same point where they can, they have one baby and they go back to corporate and they, they can do it because one baby's, you know, daycare, that's fine. They have, then they have the second, they're like, hang on a sec, how do I manage two of them, one of them approaching school age? And then how am I going to do reduce hours and all this sort of And that's when it really becomes this shift of how am I going to get around the fact that school is not friendly for working. Parents. Yeah. And one parent usually has to take a step back. And a lot of the time, that is the mum or the primary carer that they will have to take a step back and someone does have to shift things around. And I did the exact same thing. Like, we knew I wanted to send my daughter to a sessional kinder. I was approaching school age in a couple of years and I was like, I don't, my commute was an hour and a half each way. How am I going to make this work? And I needed to put steps in place so that I could have a business that I can do the nine o'clock drop off, the three o'clock pick up. And if I need to jump on it at night, that's fine. Cause I get to be the one that's doing that sort of stuff. And that was what I wanted to do. So I think you really need to make sure that the stage of life that your business is at, that your family is at, that it, that kind of works around your business as well, or your business works around that. Because the last thing you want to do is then create a business where it's so inflexible you can't <laughs> actually do what you set out to do in the first place while you yes. left your corporate job
0: yes and I think it's how because it is because at times obviously having clients what you do with them is really important so it is sometimes like oh I um you know I'm kids you need to stay with that like oh, sorry that makes it you know like I'll have to sometimes say to my husband right you know I need to put the business first. At oh, the yeah, time. absolutely. Um, you need to
1: deal with it. <laughs> and the there'll pistol. be like fingers under the door, like, mommy, <laughs> mommy, mommy. <laughs> you know, all that sort of stuff will happen. It's messy and and whatnot. But I think that I would take that over then not having, of having that and having to answer to someone why you can't do a certain thing because you've got to do this assembly or this school pickup or whatever it is, at least you're answering to yourself and you know, you'll make it up, make up a time later on. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I actually want it. We've been talking. I've, I could talk to you forever about that's the family life juggle. Cause it's, <laughs> I'm about to have my third baby and I'm like, what am I going to do? How am I going to handle this? But I guess I'll just wing it um you're superwoman you'll figure it out I'll figure it out but I'm worried because like my first baby I had an e-commerce business and I sold that went to agency life second baby I left agency life and started this business and they am like I hope I don't have another career change like I'm pretty I want to oh my- do this career <laughs> um but it seems like with babies I have this big shift um
0: <laughs>
1: how exciting <laughs> I know what could what, what could be on the horizon um but you mentioned LinkedIn and I'm so, cause for me, let me just, for me, I find LinkedIn, like, I don't know whether it's just the people that contact me, but I find LinkedIn just a SHIT show. I find that it's just a bunch <laughs> of wankers trying to contact you and sell themselves. And I get a bunch of DMs that are like, Hey, do you want an extra two or three sales calls each week? And I get like 10 DMs a day. And I think, I don't know it's it I got like owner in my bio, I don't know what it is, but I don't, I don't go on LinkedIn. Cause I just don't find it like, no, I don't like it. I find it yeah. too sleazy. Salesy, about, yeah. You no, know, salesy. So can you talk to me about why you like LinkedIn? Because I'm, I'm interested. Because I see okay. people love it and they're like, that's their main social platform. I'm like, really? Like I go on there and it'll be these random people wanting to connect and then they'll send me like four DMs like, have you read my previous message? And I'm like, no, I haven't read read any of your messages. Like what are you doing contacting me? And I just find it's just, yeah, it's just like a sword fight. I don't know.
0: Okay. Well, no, I definitely don't have that problem. I rarely get DMs on LinkedIn. So
1: <laughs> yeah, I just... <laughs> Like I, I seriously, because I don't, I'm not on LinkedIn, so I'll open up my email and it'll be like five people have messaged you. I'm just getting up my LinkedIn now as we talk, and some of them will be like, you know, um, looking at your professional profile. I see that we both work in e-commerce, digital. I'd love to have you as part of my network. Let's chat. And I'm like, no, I don't want to chat with people though on that yeah. sort of stuff. Like I don't, yeah. I just find it's just a bunch of people wanting to connect for the sake of connecting. Whereas I find Instagram's a lot more like just people having natural conversations. But that just might be I'm connecting with the wrong people or I'm not utilizing it.
0: Yeah, I think um so for me what fascinates what fascinates me about LinkedIn is just I feel like we can ha- be there's just so much room for potential to be having better conversations in terms of just even organic content. I am I see I go on there and I'm always really interested to hear and see what people other people are doing whether it is um, generally small businesses, but I think it's the content is just so much
1: richer than okay. Instagram in my mind. But I also Why? think there's... What's about, uh, what about it? I need to be sold on LinkedIn because I'm just like, uh, some people will message me like 10 times within the space of two weeks and I'm like, uh, what away. are you messaging me for? <laughs> go away. Like I'd love to see if we can do something similar for your company. Do you have time this week for a quick call? No, I don't have time for a quick call what are you doing get out of my inbox and I so I just don't go on there I'm like oh I can't be bothered with all this like it feels like honestly cold calling yes just all the time yeah and I just find it really off-putting
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, it can definitely be done better than that. I mean, I know that I've definitely reached out to people via LinkedIn with a genuine, oh my gosh, I discovered you. Um, and you know, I really love whatever it is that you're doing. And for me, I think that you just don't have that same sort of a uh, level of professionalism
1: on Instagram. It feels a bit more um, personal, which is not a bad thing, but. Mm. Um, and you, I mean, you still do get these sort of messages on Instagram as well, but they yeah. are like, you want to <laughs> yes. grow your following by 10K <laughs> in a day. But yeah. I just find it's a lot more frequent on. LinkedIn. LinkedIn, you know. But yeah. I guess I see where you're coming from. Like maybe I'm just. Maybe I'm just not utilizing it a lot. I just find I and I, I get overwhelmed with all the different social platforms. So I'm like, I've got to respond yes. to people on like LinkedIn and on Instagram and on Facebook and email. And I'm like, oh bloody hell! Like, I like I'm... it is. It's so
0: overwhelming. And you know what's so funny? I actually just finished reading a book last night called Digital Minimalism.
1: Minimalism.
0: Okay. Um, so I'm. A, I would describe myself as a minimalist in most aspects of my life Um, and this book appealed to me because obviously digital minimalism together and it's just funny some of the little bits and pieces it talked about in the book but at the start of the year I actually made the intention of I'm not on Clubhouse. Oh, God, No. Clubhouse no. TikTok.
1: <laughs> no. Don't even come at me. Like <laughs> I cannot deal with another app on my phone or I don't even know what they're about. Don't try, don't try me, Clubhouse.
0: No. And I think that's the thing is I feel like these all of these platforms, they're gonna keep popping up. Um and some of them obviously resonate with certain people. Depend like, you know, no matter what your age, demographic, all of that sort of stuff. And I think if that works for you, then awesome. But yeah, I definitely have
1: tried to kind of just not overwhelm myself. Down. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same. Cause I, I can't deal. Like I have an Instagram app. That's the only social app I have on my phone and I don't even have Facebook because for me, Facebook's more of a work avenue. Cause I've got my course stuff on Facebook. Yeah. And so I try not be on there unless I'm on there for work but yeah I just do find it I find I don't know what sort of so what sort of content do you recommend people post on LinkedIn I
0: think that's the exciting part I think um for me personally that's not that's not
1: exciting (laughs) you're like that's exciting but whatever you want I'm like no I need clear guidelines
0: no get excited about it I think um look it's still obviously people are in work mode and business mode so you know having a photo of what brunch she had is not going to fly. But I think definitely as we move into this more of a personal side of businesses, there is that room to talk about, you know, the juggle of parents, of parenting and running your own business, I think. And even, you know, I think what we have done and what we have achieved in such a short time is incredible and that is really a platform where we can talk about that and hopefully inspire other humans, mums, parents, to kind of show them that you can do it, it's not easy, but it can be done. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think LinkedIn is the perfect platform for that. I know it can be done on Instagram as well, but I think, again, with that more professional mindset, LinkedIn is the perfect space. Yes, I think what I would really like in my goal this year for my own content and one of my clients, we do have a LinkedIn first strategy just because she is more dealing with B2B, so that makes sense. It is having more interesting content that... Um, is still within that professional realm, still kind of business mindset, but it is a bit more interesting than talking about what happened at the AGM or what your annual report, you know, like it's all a bit boring at times on
1: there. But yeah, I think we can definitely have more fun with LinkedIn. And do you think there's a different crowd on LinkedIn than you will find on Instagram? Yes. Yes.
0: In and way? I think, yes, Um, I think People on LinkedIn are definitely more critical. Okay, well, that's
1: not a reason to use it. <laughs> Again, I think- I'll, I'll give you more shit, but, you know, enjoy it. <laughs> um, I just think that, like, so for me, as a social media manager, I just find every... You can't every- just post, like, an inspiring quote or something like that and be like, <laughs> an inspiring quote just won't cut it on LinkedIn. Um, I just find...
0: Um, and again, maybe I'm just quite narrow minded because of the industry that I'm in. Is that you would be taken more seriously on LinkedIn versus Instagram? Then uh, I guess, depending on what and who you're trying to work with, LinkedIn works that way. Whereas,
1: you know, I think Instagram works and it's great. I, I don't know if that's coming out right. But no, um, I understand because, like, for me, I know, like, I should be on LinkedIn. I mean, there's there's digital marketers on there and there are, I, I teach digital marketers and it would be a great platform for me, but I'm just, I just don't, I, I guess I'm not, I don't have a strategy where I know, and I, at this point I just don't have the, the energy. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, and
0: that's the thing. I think if Instagram works for you and if you enjoy it, and mm. I think that to me, is the best like for me Instagram is not something that lights up my world anymore. I don't know.
1: Yeah, right. So do you get leads through
0: LinkedIn? Um starting to yes. Yeah. So, okay. It's LinkedIn is definitely a slow burn and it is something that I wasn't really focused on last year because again, I don't know about you, but I felt like I have to be on Instagram because that's mm. where everyone is. I'm a social media manager, so I have to be like that's where I have to be. Um, whereas this year is definitely being more Well, if that's where every other social media manager is, why don't I focus on LinkedIn? Um, So it's definitely, you know, obviously, again, different. I appeal to different people than who people social media managers on Instagram appeal to. Mm.
1: um, But that's not a bad thing either. No, I think that's great. Also, because if, if, say, if I was looking for a social media manager to help me, and I I knew LinkedIn was a channel, I'd want someone that had experience specializing in LinkedIn first, rather than being like, I'm just going to go with someone that's great at Instagram and Facebook, but they, and then they've just repurposed the same content for LinkedIn, for example. So I think it's good to carve out that niche of, you know, Instagram and Facebook are great, but where I'm really passionate about is working towards helping people on LinkedIn. And also when it comes to like, then you can apply the same sort of philosophy when it comes to running paid ads on LinkedIn because that's a really new platform and then yes. up, that's going to experience a huge growth in the next couple of years They've once they get rid of some of the teething issues and stuff like that and then you'll be able to repurpose, you know, your love of paid ads into combining that with LinkedIn. So I think it's a, a really smart business move.
0: Yeah. Well, and I've done some LinkedIn ads. Again, they fascinate me because they're, even just the performance to date is so interesting compared mm. to Facebook as it, I think it's common knowledge that LinkedIn is more expensive, which makes sense, obviously, for so many different reasons. But um, yeah, it's just another, I think also it just adds to my kind of brain and ex- experience and what I can then give back to my clients. Because I think that's the other thing is I'm a big believer in practice, what you preach. Mm, so Me too. If I say to my clients, oh, no, everybody's on Facebook and Instagram, let's try this instead. But in fact, I'm just on Facebook and Instagram, then it's a bit hypocritical of me. But um, I also like the idea that I'm testing it and experimenting with other platforms or lots of different things so that I can then take that learning to my clients and say, mm. look, this worked. This, you know, just maybe we should try X, Y, and Z because I found these results from my own business or yeah. I just like experimenting. and.
1: Yeah. I think it's always helpful when you're a client manager and you have used your own money to put down because you can then see things from a client's point of view and being like, you know, this is real money. It's not just pretend money that you're playing with and not that every dollar counts, but that a $500 budget to a small business is a lot of money, whereas uh, that to a big agency is like, let's just that's a cent. Let's <laughs> yes. just put it in and see what happens. And I think that's a benefit because you can then you're more performance focused rather than just oh, we got this many impressions, which don't doesn't mean anything anyway. Well, I could just talk to you all day. I feel like we've. <laughs> I just don't think I've sold you on LinkedIn, though. No, you have. Like, look, <laughs> you've done a great job. I just, I think I'm just. I know I need for me linkedin is something that when i return from maternity leave let's explore the possibility of getting on linkedin because i know that it is something that i probably would see a benefit from but i also think there's a lot to be said for the fact that if you don't have the brain space or energy for something you don't need to feel FOMO about it and i'm like agree. you know i am i'm very i look at my time like from an ROI perspective and my time right now is better spent Baby-proofing my business than it is spent on trying to develop a LinkedIn strategy. So, you've sold me on the benefits of LinkedIn, and I think that's important for other people to hear. Is that just because it it's something that you could be doing doesn't mean you necessarily should be dropping everything and focusing on that? Yes. Like I still haven't done a reel. I still haven't, I haven't done a TikTok. <laughs> I just because I it, my time is better spent with my students or with my employee or all that stuff. Sort of and when I have the bandwidth to add little bits and pieces to my day. But I'm trying to pack a lot into like nine to three, you know? <laughs> so there's a, um, you have sold me on LinkedIn. I just, I'm like, I'll park it for now and then revisit it when I have the bandwidth to do it properly. Cause I don't think there's any point dipping my toe in and being like a half assed effort.
0: Yeah. And, and do you know what? Um, so something that's kind of been playing on my mind lately, cause I haven't done a lot of reels and you think, Oh my gosh, Ellie, you you do social, like that's what you get paid to do. But what I think is great about what you just said is you are incredibly successful and you don't need to have to be doing reels because that's what everybody says you have to be doing or TikTok because that's, you know, um, I think, yeah, just finding what works for you and not feeling guilty if you're not doing everything else because everybody else is saying that's what you have to be doing. I think that's a huge learning that I keep reminding myself as well.
1: And I keep reminding myself too, like I sometimes, like I'm much more of the philosophy that I'd rather do that one thing really well and focus my time and effort on that one thing. And then when I can, or when I've mastered that, or when I feel confident with that, then I'll move on to the next one. And like, I've said on the podcast before, I didn't have an Instagram account for the first year of running my business. And I still had a six-figure business. Your, your social media presence isn't necessarily tied to the revenue aspect of your business. Yes. It's more important to get your business working well than it is to have a high-flying Instagram account or whatever it is that can come later on. And I think that's something that is really overwhelming to business owners when they're like I've got to do this and I've got to do this and I've got to do this. And then they end up doing all this sort of stuff, but actually not making any money because they're yes. not building their business. So like, yeah, it, it's just something that I think you don't need to be doing all the things, focus on the things that you are, that make you money and then get or outsource and get other people to do it when you can yeah. afford it like if the money if you get the money coming in then you can afford to outsource it because if linkedin isn't something that i'm passionate about i'd rather just hand it off to someone else and get them to do it for me yeah and then, that was a bit of a ramble but i, I just don't <laughs> want i don't want people to think that they have to like be on everything at once because that is no. so overwhelming and, you tr- and you'll end up doing everything poorly
0: yes i agree i hundred percent agree
1: and it's the same with when like, like I've got a course, it's the same with courses that you'll, I've got one course and I want to do that course. One the one of, I heard on a podcast once that when you launch a course, don't focus on anything else except for launching that course over and over again for the first 18 months of its lifestyle lifespan. And I've had my course for about 18 months now. And it's so true because if I launched it once and then went and developed another course and then developed another course and then developed another course, suddenly I'm trying to service four different markets and I've got four different things that are really hard to sell because I'm all this sort of stuff whereas if you focus on that one thing and do that one thing really well then that'll have a snowball effect and then you can start to add little layers to it yeah. as you go down I but, agree
0: and of course um I meant to say this as well I meant to keep emailing you guys is amazing it is such a comprehensive course I was it's a was a big investment for me and I was like oh you know um but I also knew that it was the only chance I was going to get in this year I wanted to do it last year and I just there was other things I was doing so um when you launched it this year I was like I have to just do it I have to you know make the budget for it and I don't regret it I think even just the first module I was like this is worth every single cent because it is just the the level of detail you guys go into is just amazing so you Well should that's be- what
1: I thank you that's lovely <laughs> and and I think that's what I what I mean is that the more and more I I this is the seventh intake of the course I've done the more and more I do I, run the course is the better it gets because the more feedback I get and the more I tweak it and the more I change it. And and if I was trying to focus on like my, I've got a couple of weeks left before I wrap up to have my next baby. And for me, I'm like, there's no other projects going on. It's course delivery, course improvement, client stuff. And if I don't post on social media for six weeks, that's fine because that doesn't, that's not going to move the needle on the people that have paid me to do what I'm Teaching them. You will have ebbs and flows and on what you can focus on during certain periods of your business. And that's fine. You can always come back to other areas as long as I think your main focus is on the people who are paying you money or the things that are bringing in money to your business. That's where your energy should lie and other stuff can wait. Yes, I agree. And I think, like you said, um, I, I, again, I don't know about you, but as a small
0: business, I feel guilty if I don't post. A lot on social media, and I think, like you said, if it's not moving the needle, then don't feel guilty. Just do what you can when you can. And I, I'm a big believer in sustainable social media. So, doing the best you can, and even like you said about just doing it really well. Like, sorry, no, I keep... <laughs> no, no, I've
1: loved talking to you. I've, I've, I've just feel like we've talked, and I'm like, <laughs> I hope other people will find this helpful, but I will. because I think a lot of other people are in the same boat. So I really appreciate you taking the time. To join me. I know you've got sick kids at home and you were worried about that, but they were very well behaved. So you can <laughs> give them a gold star. Um, can you please tell people where they can connect with you online if they'd like to find out more about you and what you do and um, where's the best place to find you?
0: Yeah. So I am, do you have a website, uh, so graveliamarketing.com. I am uh, on Instagram, I am on <laughs> LinkedIn. <laughs> And I am on a Pinterest as well. So um, my LinkedIn, I have got a business page, but Haley Clinch is my full name. So if you do want to connect with me on LinkedIn, yeah, go for it. I'd love to see you. Well, thanks so much for chatting
1: to me today.
0: Thank you. Thank you again. I really, really appreciate being on here and chatting. It's been so fun.
1: Yay. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I did. I got off the chat and I was just feeling really inspired by another working mum that is just doing great things with other small businesses. And make sure you do connect with Hayley, particularly if you're looking for someone to help you grow your LinkedIn because she's the perfect person to do it. If you want to connect with me, I am at Katie underscore on Instagram. I'm not really on LinkedIn, so I'm not going to share my links there. Um, I will be having a little pause of the podcast in a couple of weeks. I'll give you some more updates in the next couple of weeks but I will be going on maternity leave and then resting a the podcast until I come back I'm not sure when I'm going to come back because I'm not sure what sort of baby I'm going to have and whether they're going to sleep and all that sort of jazz but sometime in 2022 the podcast will be back up and running and I will keep you abreast of all of that if you want to leave a rating and review that would be fantastic and otherwise I will see you on next week's episode